it's another episode of the Girl Unlimited podcast, episode 34 to be exact. This is the podcast and the platform dedicated to seeing you break barriers, overcome limitations, and create the life of your dreams. As usual, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for taking the time to listen every other week, (laughs) which is what we are doing right now. I have a very interesting episode, interview episode actually for you today, and I think you'll be glad you made the time to listen. Now guys, you know that the Girl Unlimited podcast and the platform is big on showcasing and celebrating women daring to break barriers and embrace a new or a different way of doing things. It is literally the sole reason I have had the guests that I've had on the show so far. And my guest today is no different. I find the work she has chosen to do quite peculiar and you'll see why in a minute. If you've been listening to the podcast for any length of time, then you know that I am a Nigerian. And even though Britain has been my home for many years now, I'm still pretty much Nigerian and you can probably hear that from my accent. What you may not know is what part of Nigeria I'm from. This might not matter much if you are Swedish or you are Norwegian or you're British or you're German, (laughs) but for a Nigerian, it matters a lot because Nigeria is this vast multicultural country in West Africa with over 200 million people and counting. So here's a little Nigerian history lesson for you. (laughs) So although the official language spoken in Nigeria is English and there are three major ethnic groups in Nigeria, which are the Yorubas, the Igbos or Igbo as they are called, and Hausas, there are actually 250 ethnic groups in Nigeria, as well as five, about 500 languages spoken in the area. Crazy, right? (laughs) Well, I'm from the Bini tribe, also known as the Edo tribe, and we are located in the Midwestern part of Nigeria in a state which is called, unsurprisingly, Edo state. Now, the language we speak bears the same name as the tribe. So that is the Edo language or the Bini language. And we are regarded as a minority ethnic group with fewer and fewer people speaking the language these days. Myself included, I actually don't speak Edo language. A bit of a sore topic for me, but It is what it is. (laughs) But my guest in today's episode is Steffi Waifo, and she is a young millennial living outside Nigeria. But she is making use of online resources that are available to us. And she is putting this dying language, so to speak, on the international map. And she's doing this by teaching the language and creating resources for both Nigerians and non-Nigerians in the diaspora. Talk about having a tiny niche market, right? Children's book author, as well as the founder of Edo Language Institute, an online language school that offers 
quality Edo learning materials and resources. So I first came across Steffi on YouTube and found her teaching style and depth of knowledge of the Edo language absolutely fascinating. In spite of the fact that she lives in Germany, by the way, and has done so since her teens. She also holds a master's degree in intercultural communication and business studies. So she's pretty highly qualified to do other things, guys, just in case you were thinking she must not have had other work options. She actually still does this on the side. But it was so important to me to share Steffi's story with you because I wanted you to see what it was like to chase after the call in your heart, no matter how niche or improbable it seems. I'm personally aware of so many women who hold themselves back from pursuing that call in their hearts because it feels too minuscule in the grand scheme of things or they just feel too few people will buy in. But there is a reason you and you alone hear that call. I can promise you that Steffi's students are more than grateful to her for not ignoring this apparent need simply because she saw the market as tiny. I absolutely love the passion with which she beautifully articulates what she does and how she does it. And I'm sure you will too. Sis, what is in your hand? It is time to unleash it to the world. My name is T. Ari, and you're listening to the Girls Unlimited podcast. Hi, Steffi. It's so wonderful to finally have you on the Girl Unlimited podcast. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm really, um, I'm really pleased to be here. Uh, it's been a long time coming. So, yeah, finally. exactly. It, it, it has been a long time coming. I was just saying to myself that having you on the podcast is some sort of uh, self. In, it's it's kind of self indulgent, if I'm if I'm honest, because. I mean, most people who listen to the podcast know I'm originally Nigerian, but may not know that I am of the Bini tribe of Nigeria, mm -hmm. which also happens to be the name of the language, uh, Bini. And it's the language I've spoken in the area. Um, but sadly, I don't speak the language. So and my though my understanding of the language used to be really good. But I mean, over the years, uh, it's it is slowly diminished <laughs> the longer... I've been away from people who actually speak. So it's something I've kind of regretted for a while. And it just, one day I just decided to like check on YouTube to see if I could actually maybe learn now that I'm an adult and doing some little research as you do, you go on YouTube and lo and behold, I came ac across this, this lady, you know, clearly, you know, much younger than I am, 
but she's teaching the language and she's all the way in Germany. So first things first, whereabouts in Germany are you based, Steffi? Um, I'm actually in Frankfurt, so it's it's in the middle. Interesting. <laughs> so, I mean, you can imagine my amazement, amazement and fascination to see someone who was young, because I'd always had this impression that the only people that spoke were people that were much older. <laughs> so, there was someone who was clearly young, and she doesn't live in Nigeria, but she was teaching the Edo language like someone who went to school to study it i mean up to tertiary level so i was i was fascinated and the fascination kind of took over my desire to actually actually learn <laughs> because it's no secret that a lot of millennials and those that are born born after not mm-hmm. not only don't they speak but most of them don't understand so yeah. to have the confidence to teach the language was really fascinating to me. So from our previous conversation, obviously, I know that you moved, you lived in Nigeria as a, as a young girl and then you moved to Germany in your teens. But walk us through what it was like being young Steffi, growing up in Edo State, Nigeria. And just tell us, a little, walk us through a little bit of your journey to this point in your life. Okay. So <laughs> as we say in Nigeria, I you say story, story. <laughs> But anyways, um, <laughs> um, yeah, I was born in Benin City. Um, actually, that it's 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 all I know. I mean, now I know Lagos a little bit, but I I really my whole time in Nigeria I spent it in Benin City, and I always say that I am um, I feel very lucky to have been raised by my grandparents, and if I'm honest, I think that is part of the reason also that I speak Edo the way that I do. You know, and also not just that in in the sense of passing on the language. Um, We all know that grandparents are like, you know, they are the veterans, you know, where they've already Mm -hmm. already raised their own kids. They've made all the mistakes they could make. And now Mm -hmm. you're raised by people that have done it all. So I I really, 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 really appreciate that. Maybe I was a bit more sheltered or I don't know, like, but it was, I had a very, very beautiful childhood. Um, when I look back, I really, it's one of the best times of my life. Um, wow. Maybe also that's one of the reasons I, I have a certain connection to the culture, to the language, right? Mm. Because mm. I have a, a very fond memory of the time that I spent mm. uh, growing up in Nigeria. Yeah. So yeah, that was basically... Yeah, that's pretty much all. Um, but I still have very, okay. you know, vivid memories. You know, things I did, the school I went to. Um, I will not to like name any schools like specifically. Yeah, then uh, my grandmom passed unfortunately, and uh, she was mm-hmm. my uh, primary yeah. guardian. And then my parents, who were not in the country, so the decision was made. <laughs> I keep saying that because I, I didn't make the decision to come to Germany. The decision you weren't involved made. in the decision making, exactly. like most of us usually <laughs> are. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, and then I found myself here, and um, yeah, in a new culture, having to learn a new language, you know, um, new so- a different society. You know, things work differently, mm. and that does something to you. Also, as a you know, as a person, now that's amazing because it, you know you are you are obviously multilingual. So not only do you speak English, yeah. obviously we are we are conversing mm-hmm. in English. You also speak Edo language yeah. fluently, and you also speak, speak German. German. Yes. <laughs> I speak German as well. Yeah. 
um yeah i mean um i know people say like german language is so difficult uh well i don't see it that way <laughs> i think i think if any if, i think if you can speak i think if anyone can speak edo language fluently i don't think you will find it difficult <laughs> learning any other language because i personally think edo language is is difficult oh. it's not the easiest of languages oh, yeah, is many, it many of my students say that especially like those um edo language is difficult if you if English is your primary language. English is your mother tongue, right? They're just absurd things, starting mm. from the sound, you know, yeah. the buh, buh, and and so on, that it's just difficult. Like, exactly. you know, I teach students, I teach classes, like, you know, every week. Um, uh, I see that all the time. And then I also see the difference between mm. uh, my other students, you know, maybe they are Yoruba or they're Igbo. So they already have those specific mm. sounds, you know. The buh sound is not only in Edo language, it's also in Igbo. Um, so that is mm. yeah. quite easier for them, you know, to catch up on, on those things. Yeah. You already kind of alluded to the fact that you, um, you teach the language, which is how I obviously discovered yes. you because you were teaching on YouTube. So I guess my next question then is at what point did you decide, you know what, I'm going to pick this thing up and start teaching. And I'm intrigued as to why you decided to, because there are so many people understandably grew up i mean now that you you mentioned it because you said you you you're, you know you grew up with your your grandmom so obviously that she was the one that taught you the language because you were speaking at home and now that i think about it i i i noticed that my cousins who grew up with my grandmother are the same mm-hmm. they also speak edo language unlike the rest of us who didn't grow up with her but i mean they, i'm sure it hasn't probably occurred to them that they can probably teach the language so i'm i'm i guess curious as to why at what point you chose to teach the language and why? Mm-hmm. Yeah, good question. Um, so, well, well, it, I started teaching the language like officially in 2017, right? But the the seed was already sown okay. uh, back in like that was that must have been 2006, 2007. So I was still in okay. um, is it secondary school here? We don't say secondary school like that in Germany. Like it's a different school system. But I was in the I think I was in the eighth grade or something, right? And so you you okay. you there are other students, you know, from with Turkish background, with they're Russian students. Maybe yeah. they are born here, but still they speak Russian, they speak Turkish, they speak Polish, which other language. And then you yeah. be in the you know during the during the break time, maybe like that day they just want to talk about languages or so. And you're like, oh yeah, how do you say this in your language? And the other one say, oh, is this in my language? And you ask me like, how do you say it? In they will say in Nigerian. And I'm like, if I start to explain to you guys that there is no Nigerian, <laughs> you know, we have over 400 <laughs> languages in Nigeria, you know. So at some point, I I, I made them understand that you don't say Nigerian. Uh, we have like different ethnic groups, and these ethnic groups, I would say like it's as if you're from. Bayern, like uh, the state in Germany, and then that state has its own language. But, anyways, uh, coming back to the, the to the to that um, defining moment. So sometimes they will ask me some yeah. certain things, and I don't have words for it because you know Edo is not. We don't have words for everything yet. Like we don't have words for more like mobile phone yeah. or a computer, right? But we did yes. have words for uh, for a TV. Right. So I started be, becoming more conscious, you know, just 
you know, thinking about the language even more. But also, I think also because of the fact that I found myself in that kind of situation as well, because coming to Germany, having to, like, you, it's like you're starting mentally from, from the level of a five-year-old, right? You're learning to mm. speak again, you know, before you develop to the certain um, level where you, you are on C1 or C2. Right. So they would ask me these things mm. and I wouldn't find, I, I was like, okay, I don't, we don't really have a word for that. And sometimes I'll go online. Right. And I, I try to find things. Mm. And most of the time, other people, other things that I see is people looking for resources, looking for, you know, ways to learn it. And there's <laughs> one that I remember so much. Um, it was on a, on a forum. I think it was like, gute Frage.de. So like, it's like, it's uh it's, it's the way you have, yeah, different followers by then, you know, and the, the, this, this person must have been a young person went in there and, and asked, um, how do I learn a do language? And one of the response was like, oh yeah, try to go to Benin city and spend like six months. So even me that I came from, like, you know, I'm, I'm an adult person myself. I know that not everybody can, can afford to do that, you know, time-wise, financial, uh, financial means wise and all those things, you know, so I'm like, mm, no, there's Absolutely. a problem here. So um, there has to be another yeah, there way. There has to be another way. And then, of course, I, of course, I also have to, um, um, how do I say, like honor those that came before me in the sense that um, there were, oh, I can't remember the name now exactly, but there was somebody, I had seen a video of an elderly man, like this person must have been like, actually like older than my dad, you know? So I saw a video of this person, but it was this classic method of being in front of the blackboard and, you know, trying to teach some certain things. Mm. And even by then, um, there were some things I was like, mm -mm -mm, that sound, you're saying it like this, but it's definitely, it's not like that. You know, it's as if I'm saying, oh, I can do it better. Or like that or that we can do better. Like, you know, and um, so that time passed. So I finished school and then I moved away, went to uni. And because also by then, during when I was still at home, like, how was I going to teach that, right? Because I, I was just in my small town there. So I went to school and then I had my own laptop. I had, you know, just a bit more autonomy. And then I discovered YouTube, you know, like, oh, this is, I can actually post my own videos, you know, not just not just watching hair videos and what, I don't know, cats, and, mm -hmm. you know, I can, <laughs> I can actually use this as a platform, you know, to teach as well. So, and also what was important to me, like I said, I saw this other classic in front of the blackboard and that, but I wanted something that younger people can relate to because I'm, I'm looking at myself and saying, what kind of method, you know, what, um, how do I learn best? Right. So I wanted something that is mm. focused on just, you know, the content. And so I was like, Oh, I want something like to record my screen and all of that. But I had no ideas. Like I wasn't technically well-versed and all that. So, and I started, I just started looking for different ways and I ended up recording my PowerPoint presentation. I just recorded the screen and put it out there, but I was very, um, I, I consider myself a rather not shy, but I'm reserved. Right. So I, I those are two different things mm. for me. So um, I didn't want to show my face. Right. I didn't want people to recognize <laughs> me, you know. So my first two, my first three or four videos was was all just, you know, my voice and the content. Right. But the response was just oh, positively overwhelming. Right. I, I didn't expect it. Like people were like, this is what mm. I've been looking for. All oh, this way. Thank you so much. Mm. Thank you so much, Ma. I'm like, yeah, these people are calling me Ma. Like, what? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> 
So I'm just going to say very, very quickly, for those of you who don't know, in Nigeria, when we're referring to an, um, a, a, an older woman, we would use the words, we would say like, maybe, how are you? Yeah. Ma? So it's not madam or like you would probably have here in the UK uh, or, you know, it is ma. So a, a, a an older uh, female that isn't, that maybe an older female that's a stranger or just someone who you just have respect exactly. for. You would say, "How are you, yeah. ma?" So, yeah. So, just continue. I just wanted to make yeah, no, that's <laughs> so a obviously very they thought Stephanie yeah. was an older person. Yeah. So everybody assumed I was an older person, like a kind of professor from somewhere. And then, meanwhile, I was just in my dorm room because I was doing my masters, you know, during that period. So I, I just, you know, I had a bit <laughs> some time, you know, in my hand. Though I was working also on the side. Um, but I had time, you know, I just do this in the evening when I'm at home. Um, yeah. And then people were just mm. responding positively. Like people like me, I could see their profile. I'm like, oh, these are people like in the age of my, my, I don't know, my uncle, some in the age of my parents as well. They're like, oh, I'm going to send my child to come here and watch this. You know, I'm going to forward this to my brother and sister. Mm. So that was really uh, motivating for me as well, you know to continue uh doing that you know just putting content out there um so the first time i remember the first time people then saw my face uh, that was when i intro and the reason was then because i i had been ill i was sick for like eight weeks so i had flu my voice changed mm. so i said if i upload a mm. video people are gonna wonder who is this so i said <laughs> they won't recognize i you. said yeah. okay let me yeah. let me just show my face and then that was also another thing like people were like what <laughs> you look so young i thought it was <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was basically it and then since then i've been you know recording yeah. and posting on my youtube channel and then and and, and then what most things is also um when I look at like my journey with Edo Language Institute, it has been pushed more by the demand, right? right? So because at first for mm. me, it was just, I wanted to put content out there. I wanted something that at least can be useful to the people who need it, right? Mm. And though I have mm -hmm. um, so, like a, a little bit of background in linguistics, because I did that in my bachelor's, right? But I'm not a linguist. Mm -hmm. I'm not a professional like in linguists, mm -hmm. uh, in, yeah, in linguistics right mm -hmm. so uh but i well you would have fooled me because looking at your content it is you you do come across like someone who studied you know linguistics to the as a core part of your study so yeah <laughs> it's obviously something that you are naturally gifted yeah, exactly. Go yeah. on, sorry. i did in bachelor's i had i had the linguistics yeah i got english linguistics right in in uh, uh as, right. as my my major right and then i had business as my course, minor yeah. but then in my masters it was different so i had intercultural communication and business because i wanted that i wanted to go to my direction okay. right so um yeah like it, it, the the thing with youtube it was mostly people like they would say oh can you do this and this can you oh come please come to instagram mm. you know please come to facebook mm. you know so it's people mm. um they they're driving or they during that time they were driving yeah, the it, you the, were it, it was driven it was by driven demand, by demand. Mm. yeah so i had to listen to what the people needed mm. and deliver that 
that that makes total sense. I was just thinking that you know, just just to piggyback on something you said earlier, you were talking about, you know, when you were younger, and people say would would ask, how does this sound in Nigerian? You know, and it's it is for me, it is a, a slight pet peeve because, I mean, I guess, I guess we should be we should be a bit fair on on most people who don't know because i guess with most countries like maybe in germany you speak german even though they are different they might be different dialects but the major language is german yes. isn't it in english in in, in england is english in um i don't know what other country in sweden it's swedish you know so i guess from that standpoint people kind of kind of expect that it will be one language maximum two but i mean you, you said 400 but i actually went to check today and it's actually over 500 yeah. languages mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> that that is being recorded as existing in nigeria today and i think that is very fascinating but um i've also come to well I guess this is more like a, um, and I might be completely wrong here, but I have come to hear, I've heard it been said a lot that the Edo language, the Edo language is one of those languages that is dying in Nigeria at the moment. What, what are your thoughts on that? Um, well, that's not uh, completely untrue. <laughs> so if I should formulate okay. it like that. So there's, there is, there's truth to that, um, that the language is dying now, because when you look back home, like, I keep saying this, out of all of my cousins, um, mm. I, well, because, well, till last year, I thought I was the only one. But then I was very happy when I got home. I visited Nigeria last year. And then I noticed that, you know, I, two others, like for my uncle, those were, they, they could speak to some extent, right? And, and they understood That's everything. Good. But the others, they don't, you know? And, and it's mm. this thing, and we have to be honest with ourselves. I know there are other, like when you say like historical factors, right? Uh, colonialism, mm. um, social political things, you know, uh, social political mm. um, factors that mm. played a role in that, right? But we, we when we look at, the things that we, when I say we, like every adult person, our parents, uh, that they, um, where they had, uh, like how do I, like where they would have had had influence actually, uh, meaning in the home, right? So that is should, yeah. would have been our decision to speak this language to our kids, right? But yeah. that didn't happen. And as someone who I well, I've spent although I've spent most of my life out, outside of Nigeria, but I I, I spent you know like the the formative years there, mm -hmm. and I know the mentality right of this ah uh, um well I wanted to say it in Edo but maybe not everybody that's listening understand this but it's more like <laughs> uh, where is Edo going to get you know like let's do like, let's do it this way Steffi <laughs> let's do it this way you say it in Edo and then interpret it in English. Oh, <laughs> they will say, like in the sense of, I want my kids to be speaking like English, you know, like big grammars, right? Because mm -hmm. we associate the ability to speak English uh, with, with intelligence, mm -hmm. with sophistication, with a higher mm -hmm. class. It's about classism. Right. And I, I mm. and that is the thing. I you, we cannot say, oh, they are wrong or they are right. You know what I mean? Um mm. you have to understand the people, like you have to get like to understand why they are, they think like that, why they do things like that, right? So if the currency 
So I say currency, the social currency is for me to like appear in a certain way in the society, right? If I get more respect because I can come, I have a certain command over the English language, you know, people associate that with um, yeah, being educated because the, the language of mm. education in Nigeria is still English, right? So, mm. um, of course, um, I would want my child to be perfect in English. I would rather push English mm. than just a dough because I want the best for my child, right? So that that is detrimental to our own language, you know, so the survivor, preservation of our own language. Yes, that is one thing. But everyone wants the best for themselves. So if we want to, like, encourage people to speak, to start speaking the language to, the, to their kids, you know, that people start speaking lang the, the Edo language even more, we have to also start mm -hmm. from from those on top, like we have to make Edo language, I say it sometimes, I say we have to make it posh. We have to make it um, attractive for mm. for the young people to want to learn it. Like, you know, maybe if the governor would, add, 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 would, would for instance, um, I'm just saying, I just mentioned the governor in the sense of he's a powerful person. He's someone that people respect, mm -hmm. you know, people look up to. Imagine if he would address the, 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 the state in Edo language. That would be like, mm. and and there's a young person watching, like, I want to be like this person when I grow up. You know what I mean? So there's, there's those are the little, little things yeah. where you can, you know. My, my um, only challenge with that, my mm -hmm. only challenge with that, and I hear what you're saying, and I agree mm -hmm. that sometimes, and it's, it, we live in an influencer world, don't we? Where, mm -hmm. you know, people who, so people who are termed influencers, the reason they're influencers is because they mm -hmm. have people that um, follow what they say. Right. So I do get where you're coming from. My only issue with that sort of, you know, maybe the governor of um, of Edo State, um, you know, making maybe making an address in Edo language. The challenge with that is there are also other languages who live, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. so even and this might just be like you mentioned, you know, hi historical issues. You know, the fact that I mean, let's not even go down. Uh, 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 colonialism and you know how we yeah. were dissected as a country or how we're di dissected as even a state because within the state you still have the, the, what 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 is being called Edo states today you still have mm -hmm. several languages that are represented in that little state so if, a, if the gov and so which means that there is a very high tendency that the governor might not even be an Edo speaking governor he might mm -hmm. end up being a and uh, I don't know what's the language an aura speaking because I remember aura is one of those languages in Edo states. I end yes. up being an aura speaking governor, in which case he can't speak Edo. So what happens then? So but maybe maybe social media like you are doing really, you know, maybe more people like you. Yeah, exactly. That's what yeah, that's also one of the reasons like that I'm doing what I'm doing because we already have we have that situation back home, right? It's yeah. it's not like I, I totally understand where you're coming from. Um, but yeah. also language, um, language like as someone has have lived here, right? I, I live very close to Switzerland, for instance. They have they have like four official languages, right? Um okay. that doesn't mean like they speak German, they have the German part, they have the Italian part, and then they the French side, and then another one, right? Or Romanish, right? So um, language is also power. Like, like you decide to say, like, this is my house, so to say. This is our mm -hmm. state, and we decide, you know, we, we choose to speak um, 
this and this and this language or our language, you know. But mm-hmm. that is story for another for another day. But um, the more reason like that platforms such as mine, such as Edo Language Institute, and others that will come. Like I want others to come. That is the thing, you know. Because the more we have, the more we can interact. The more we can, yeah, we can leverage on on that. It's like mm-hmm. someone building on on what I have already. I've already built yeah. so far, right? And taking it on from there, you know, or coming in with like, you know, additional additional things, additional knowledge, additional discoveries. Mm-hmm. So that is when we will be moving forward, you know. There was like a, a group I spent some time in and I could I can see that like there's a lot of um, development when it comes to like African languages, you know, um, like uh, corpus research, you know, for Igbo language, for Yoruba language, for, you know, um, and I haven't seen much for a dodo, uh, but then again, I, I, I was really thinking about it, like to uh, reaching out, you know, to, to some people in the group and say like, you guys want to work on so, so, and so, and so, and so, right. But there is a lot going on. You know, there is, our word is a technologically, um, technologically uh, driven word today. So like natural language processing, like the, the businesses want to come to the people. They want to, uh, the people, regardless of your language, uh, for you to have access, you know, to whatever it is that I am trying to bring to you. So the easiest way for me to gain you as a customer is for me to speak your language or to offer you my service. Is this in, in Germany? Language. Um, it's it, it, um not in Germany. Like it's um international, not just in Germany, but it's this is a it's a platform. I can't mention the name of unfortunately, That's but there right. are funds. There are you know so many things. I just see like what people are doing. You know. For Igbo, for Yoruba, for like it's it's awesome. And I haven't mentioned this actually, but one of the things that really drove me was um this was before I started teaching Edo, right? And I mm-hmm. saw on Google Translate that Yoruba was available and Igbo was available. Mm-hmm. I was like, I want Edo to be on Google Translate. Like really. <laughs> so it was like, so um yeah, that was like back in 2017. Like when I saw that, I said, well, wow. this is doable. You know, if Yoruba is here, if but, but Yoruba, they like they have been like really great, great, great work that has been done there, and you know, like mm. decades of work, you know, of research, of yeah. corpus research, like yeah. you know. So, um, yeah. No, that that's you see, th- this is the thing. We apart from the fact that we need more people who are you know doing what you're doing, we need more people who are passionate because. I don't know how many people, I mean, let me speak for myself, you know, I don't know if I would even bat an eye if I, you know, went on to uh, Google Translate, for instance, and then, you know, could see that there were other languages there and mine wasn't there. Maybe because, again, it's because I don't speak. Mm -hmm. One of the reasons, and this is what I love about the Girl Unlimited platform, because the idea behind it was to showcase women who were doing something different and attempting or daring is the better word to break barriers. Like I said, you could have just been that person who speaks Edo language very fluently, probably even boasts about the fact that you speak the language very fluently. And I'm not saying you do, but, you know, and just left it at that, or probably it wouldn't even be something that would occur to you that actually, you know, I would like to put this on the map because that's what you're trying to do. Essentially, you're trying to put this 
language that essentially might be dying. And and just just to reiterate what you were saying or to um, to affirm what you were saying, I have that um, I have that story as well, which is, you know, I grew up not speaking because my parents, you know, in fairness to them, just like you rightly said, they felt like they were doing me a huge favor uh, to place me in this sort of class where I, you know, I come across as very educated because I speak fluent English and I don't speak Edo language, you know, and you know, so I remember my dad sometimes would speak in Edo language and he would correct himself and speak in English, you know, so I, and it was only as an adult or maybe as a young adult and coming across because I never school, I didn't school in Edo state. I schooled everywhere else. I schooled in, 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 um, in the Northern part of Nigeria. I schooled in the Western part of Nigeria. I, I lived at a time in the South, South part of Nigeria because my dad was a police officer. So I, could I came across a lot of people who spoke their languages and you know unfortunately for me which is not your case because obviously they asked you what you what this word was even though that word didn't exist I'm sure there were some words that you could at least tell them I couldn't for the life of me I couldn't do I couldn't I, I couldn't say more than two or three sentences and it was only witnessing people who spoke their languages very fluently and spoke English very fluently that I began to experience this sort of regret. So I'm really thankful that the likes of you, and I am hoping that with this platform that you're building, yeah, there are going to be more people who will jump on board and say, you know what, I can actually do what she's doing as well. Because sometimes some people think they don't have the chops, and which is probably one of the reasons they don't do it. Because they're like, oh, no, 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 not me. I can speak it, but I can't. So which leads me to my next question, which is, what informs how you create your course or how you, because I know you run a course and I'm hoping you're going to talk a bit about that later. Um, but how did you come across the way you teach or what informs the way you teach? Because I've listened to you and I've just, I've marveled at the comprehensive structure. You know, you were talking about listening to an, an older person teach and you're like, no, 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 that's not how you say that or that, you know, so what informed that? And considering that you weren't formally trained to teach Edo, you know, anyone listening to you will think you went to university to study <laughs> Edo language, the way you teach it. So walk us through the creation of the sort of content. I know you said it was driven by uh, demand, but how do you decide, you know, the with the nitty gritty, how do you come, across, come about how you actually teach it and how do you decide what is included? Mm, yeah, that's a very um, good question. Um, uh, one thing I would say is that, well, also to like quickly um, address the points you made. That yes, I I'm not formally trained. Um, like like ling like I'm not a linguist, right? And I'm not a teacher yeah. e either. But I have teaching yeah. experience. Like I've been teaching since who? Maybe if, uh, since I was 15. So I was tutoring younger students, right? So I I already Amazing. had okay. that. All right. Yeah. So tutoring math, yeah. English, you know, German and so on. So I, I already had that um, before. So I also- You were teaching German was, as well. Like, but I, this was like, I was, when I was 15 or 16. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking at my, um, I'm looking at like younger students. Like I go through yeah. their homework with them. And also the thing is, if you learn a language as a foreign, as a, as a second language, sometimes- Mm -hmm. you, you you are even better when it comes to grammar than native speakers. Yeah. So that was how like my yeah. students, my day, they could profit from that because I learned 
the grammar in school. Like I learned the rules. Some, some certain things you would ask German native speakers. They just do that intuitively. They don't know the rules, right? So mm, yeah, I was mm. teaching that like to younger, like long, younger students. Maybe I was in there. I don't know which grade I was. And then I'm teaching mm. students uh, German, um, like three or four grades lower than me. But with wow. math. So this is really English, not your first rodeo. No, no, no. I've been teaching. Yeah, I've been teaching. <laughs> this is not your yeah. first rodeo. And I'm sure there are some transferable skills that have, you've been able to exactly. carry across yeah. as well. Exactly, yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. That's the yeah. thing. Yeah, there are yeah. some transferable skills. Definitely. Yeah. So yeah. Um, coming back like, to the course creation process, right? That actually took me uh, a while, though, right? Because um, my students are not homogeneous, right? So you, you have you have people that already have like um, some certain contact with Edo language, right? Maybe even on a yeah. daily basis. I Meaning if you live at home and your parents speak Edo or you hear it passively, your your yeah. level is different from someone else who is just a spouse, you know, of an Edo yeah. speaker, right? So at first I was like, okay, should I like separate these people like initially like for in different different groups um or mm-hmm. should i like do something to bring them all to a, this, the same level right so mm-hmm. we really start with the foundation which is like my courses are usually um they are divided into three parts like i call them mm-hmm. three blocks so the first block mm-hmm. is kind of dry <laughs> we say dry in the sense of it's very um how do i put this um not technical but in the sense of it's a lot of grammar right mm-hmm. so it's really giving you the foundation because we're going to need that in the second block okay. right so we mm-hmm. we're starting from the sounds right so i because mm-hmm. i know that if especially if you're not speaking an african language you're going to have mm-hmm. issue with these double consonants that we have yeah. so like those ones and understanding some certain rules because uh be the the like vowel elision that we have always in edo right um or even just the general rules that um, all Edo nouns start with a vowel, right? That will save your life. If nobody tells you that. Right? Oh my God, that is so good. That is yeah. so good. Yeah. So there is no, if you if you come across a word, like for instance, like the name Jessica, it's, it cannot, Jessica cannot be an Edo word, right? Um, yeah, so like look at all Edo names you know. Like none of them start with a consonant. Yeah, people can say no, sir. But no, sir is actually no, ne, osa, like it's which God said. And then actually you say a no, sahai or a no, sahai is actually the, 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 the full name, right? Interesting. Say, no, because I was just about to challenge you because my name starts with a T, as you know. Yeah, and yeah. So I was trying to you. figure out... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, sorry. Okay. <laughs> okay, sorry for saying that. If, uh, no, 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 no. It's fine. It's fine. I, 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 I actually shared my name in the first episode. That's my full name in the first episode, and I did that oh, yes. because I've had to shorten it over the years. I started with Tosse, which is what what a lot of people knew me as, even what, because I, I did, I, I was in music, and that was what that was the name I was going by. But even that name, people struggled to pronounce, so I had mm-hmm. to shorten it all the way to T, which is why. So my stage name, or as it were, is T R E now, but. Mm-hmm. I did go into explaining what the full name is. So you can, that's fine. That's what I'm just saying. You have my full permission. <laughs> okay. So now what the thing, that, that is very uh, interesting. This segment. So we have this t thing in Edo. For instance, if mm-hmm. you're going to ask, ask a question and say, um, let's say, yeah, Steffi. So you're asking, is Steffi sleeping? So you say, te Steffi vieja, right? Te Steffi vieja, like any with a, 
It's a it's mm -hmm. a yes or no question, sir. R R A S mm -hmm. or right. Mm -hmm. So till step B that T actually it is it's almost like uh, maybe you can translate it to Shebi in 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 Yoruba language. You know, so we all know right. this Shebi, right? In, mm -hmm. in Nigerians. So uh till Steffi V is a is it so that Steffi is sleeping? So that T right. so it's a it's a it's a party it it serves it has a particular um uh, function i'm trying to look for like the name for it right so it's it's you use it to ask some certain kind of question like to yeah to like is it so that right you, you, you use it to ask for a certain yeah. confirmation yeah so mm -hmm. um if, in in your name um because people are listening now so they talk the the talk segment that there because it's not a question this is a this is mm -hmm. a um a a a claim in the sense of it shall it shall surely reach my time okay. my time shall mm. surely come so it's a very mm. it's a confirmative thing like to to say like it shall yeah or i can also mm -hmm. say um uh, like i will surely eat this food today or tiga mm -hmm. so so and so thing right it, it's it's a stronger okay. way to say that you shall surely do that thing Right. So it's actually so is it so would you so are you saying that that is the only exception then that yeah, those are um, like, a consonant yes. could be used? Yes, yes, yes. Because they don't names many of them also are kind of like sentences, like they are, they are or they are phrases, right? Not mm -hmm. so in your case, yeah, it is a phrase, right? Um, mm -hmm. or just like Nusaha is like what God said or the thing that God said, mm -hmm. right? So but other than that, like I don't nouns are starting with vowel and we have seven of those right so and then so when they understand that oh, okay and they can apply that rule and you know that edo verbs always start with a consonant so mm -hmm. it makes mm -hmm. life really easier and then we go through the pronouns and so it's really mm -hmm. the, the 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 idea behind that is basically just to bring you to a certain level where you have the foundation which you're going to need later on right so okay. and, and as we go on so it's more about um applying the language like you like bringing on like everyday scenario because most people mm -hmm. you know my course is usually like the last like the one i'm currently running is for uh for three months right mm -hmm. the one before that lasted long ago right but this mm -hmm. one is for three months so of course when if you're learning a language three months is not a time to uh, it's not enough for you to become fluent right but it's enough mm -hmm. for you to gain the necessary uh, knowledge that you need on your way, you know, to become fluent. Um, so we do really things that you can relate to. And also because most of my students, this is the thing though, because most of my students, they are outside of Nigeria. So like the majority are in the States and then we have some in the, in the UK and then some mm -hmm. here, like in, in my, in the same time zone with me, like beat Germany, Mm -hmm. um northern europe and so on um mm -hmm. so i try to also make because there are some certain things that they would not be able to relate to if i should like uh, put scenarios that are in nigeria so like it has to be like scenarios yeah. here that they can relate to maybe we are we are practicing mm -hmm. like like role um how do i say like um role um, play role play like and then for me of course i have to put something like let's say it's on campus and you're meeting somebody you hearing the name and you know that this person is Edo. So I say, like, imagine this scenario. And I write everything down. I say, okay, now we're going to do role play. I read and you read, you know, and so okay. on. 
So um, those are those are um, yeah, just to put you take you through yeah. um, through the process. Yeah. Um, like we also go do things like also because on the one hand, of course, I want to give them things that they can re- they can relate with in their in their immediate environment, but I also yeah. want to take them closer to uh, things that they that you can find in Benin City as well. Like sometimes I've I've done okay. this with a class before that we went on Google Maps, right? And because we are doing mm-hmm. direction, we are doing like mm-hmm. how to ask for direction, but also how to give somebody direction. Of course, I don't want to do that in New York. I don't want to do that. Like, so I, we go on Google Maps. Everyone has Google Maps. And then we we zoom into one part of Benin City. And I'm saying, like, okay, now we're at Ring Road. And then I zoom in on something like a building there. And I say, okay, from so-so and so bank, give the person direction to this church, right? And then Interesting. They, they do that, right? But then they become, and then we've had, we have really good, nice conversation, a funny conversation. And somebody's like, oh, when I went to Benin City, I stayed in the street. Yeah, in Adesu was grammar school, whatever. So it was, yeah, that, that's funny. Okay, yeah. so it then brings up a question in my mind. Um, so, because you, you, you rightly said, now you have a three, so it's a three-month course and it used to be longer. So what happens after they finish with you, that you rightly said they will not be fluent, but is there any sort of after um, care <laughs> that um, you advise them to? Because, like you rightly said, they are not in been in in uh, been in city or they are not in Edo State. So, mm-hmm. finding people that they can readily speak with, I'm guessing, might be a little bit more um, challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So one of the thing is, um, and this is going to be like a long, but there's this is there are many parts to this. Um, this answer right so the first one is yes the like i i always say like you'll not be fluent but when i because there's always a test like at the end of each block i give a test right because it's for me to assess like what their level and i'm Mm -hmm. always astounded like really when i when we look when we do the third test like how much Mm -hmm. they understand how much so there's an emphasis on like understanding and on on like Faculty on that's like a production, like on speaking, right? So and also on writing. So and I give them writing, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they because I everything I teach by by um like Google Classroom, so it's digital. So like there is a lot of writing, yeah. So and I'm like, okay, I give questions. Some questions are in 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 English, and I will say answer in Edo. Some question can be in 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 Edo, and I'll say answer in English. So vice versa, or or the the question is in Edo entirely and you have to answer it in Edo as well. So depending on, 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 you know, on the topic that it is, but I'm always, and I correct these things and I put my comments in there and then I'm like, wow, like I'm really blown away. Right. But also one, one thing is um, when, and I, I get this as feedback as well, you know, like, and this is also one of like this, it's, it's really, uh, it's humbling to, to see that, right? That they write back and, and say, oh, this, thing, this course was really, really helpful for me. Because one of the things I always say right at the beginning when I do the onboarding, right? So before we start teaching, I actually do like, I call it informational meeting. But then also like that's where like all the students that are registered to join any of the classes, they are there. For some of them, that's the last time they are going to see each other because they will not be in the same group later on, right? Mm-hmm. But then we really like try to build rapport and all that. And I tell them, look, this is my uh, advice for you. And uh, while you are in this class, uh, but also in general with Edo, 
if you have the opportunity, if you have somebody that speaks Edo in your household, or maybe not even in your household, because most of us are no longer living at home, um, mm. but try not to zoom out during conversations, right? Try mm. to actively listen. Because we tend to do that. Like if someone is speaking Japanese in front of me, I'm going to zoom out. Like I'm not trying to. <laughs> so, but if it's something I am trying to understand, like if someone is speaking Italian near me, because I mm-hmm. understand Italian quite like moderately, right? So I'm not completely mm-hmm. zoomed, zoomed out. Like I'm, I'm actively listening. I'm like, okay, I understand do this. I understand. And then you can add one and two together. And like, okay, I know what they are talking about. Right. So I, I try to, like, that is what I give them. But also... Uh, popular culture, right? I know we have uh, we have Edo mo- movies on YouTube. YouTube has changed the game entirely. So I'm like, sometimes try to go in there and some of them, some of the subtitles are horrible, but like some are doing well that they're good. So try to try to also use that as well. And and if if rap music, one thing also we have to be really um or one thing I noticed is also, you know, um when I look at the Yoruba language, you look at Afrobeat, like Nigerian music industry, mm-hmm. like um, mm-hmm. you know, with 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 our young our artists singing in Yoruba, rapping in Yoruba, it makes the language mm-hmm. posh. This is the thing that I said earlier, like making it attractive mm-hmm. for the young people mm-hmm. to want to. They said, Okay, this is my favorite rapper is rapping with Edo. I must know what he's mm. saying today, right? I want to actively mm. listen. And and so I share that sometimes. So I share, I discovered this guy on Instagram. Um, he's a rapper. I think his name is Music Junkie. And like when you really listen, like I am I am blown away. I'm intrigued. Like I was so intrigued. Like the way he, he, he raps in he raps, he raps in Edo language. Edo, yeah. He raps in Edo, yeah. And 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 when you listen carefully, like there was there was really one that I was that was so um for me personally, what's I, his I name? And his name is Music Junkie. Like just the way you write Music Junkie, like you'll find him on um on Instagram. Um, mm-hmm. so it might not be everybody's cup of tea, right? I'm not. I mm-hmm. I personally, I am not a big fan of rap music, like in general yeah. that genre. Yeah. But yeah. when I went there, it was first I had seen a song that he did with someone else. I've forgotten that one's name. Something sleazy, something sleazy, I think. So it was it was titled Adesua. And we had somebody in my class called Adesua. So I and the mm. lyrics were good. Like the lyrics is just you know things that young people would dance to. Things that you know mm. what they can relate to girls and mm. boys and you know all those things. Mm. And um and I shared that and you know it was it was uh, Many of them liked it as well. But then there was one which was really like why I liked it was more the command, like so many things that I, it was very poetic, but there are so many, mm. so many um, uh, phrases that I already know, some, some saying idioms uh, that mm. I grew up with. And then he, mm. seeing him using it in, in, that, uh, in that rap, I'm like, wow, context. this is so... Yeah, yeah that, in that context, yeah. I, I'm like, wow, this is so good. Like, it said something like, um, something... Ben, I'm just trying to maybe so, so that the listeners can maybe go there and try to look for this. Yeah, yeah, And is a kind of a snake. Um, I don't know if it's um the, the Aruonto. I think it's even black mamba or something like that. I don't know. Like it's one of um, it's um, it's a popular snake that you know people talk about this and not that I've seen it before because I grew up in Benin City. Like I don't think we have snakes like like that in the in town but but just the way you know i was like wow i didn't know that 
you know, you can rhyme words like this, you know, and then it makes sense. Mm-hmm. So I shared that as well. So those that mm-hmm. like that they find things that interest them that is in the language. Mm-hmm. And and also like my book, like my children's book, like the first one that I've published, um, was just basically- okay okay wait 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 okay so you're also you've also published books how many books are we talking about here no currently it's one but this year there are more to come interesting right? even right now that i'm talking to you so there are more so um yeah so like the the children's book was it was like very um yeah also driven by demand if i should put it that way because people were telling me like, oh, they, I need, we need flashcards. We need flashcards. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay. So I know where my students are, right? And, and I'm in Germany. Mm-hmm. So if, if I create a product, if I create a, a learning material, you need to have, I, I need to like be able to distribute it and mm-hmm. as, as easily as possible, mm-hmm. right? So with the flashcard thing, and also with, I haven't mentioned this, but also like I do, have a career like on the side as well right I, like or my main career right so um and so managing all of that mm. and and so i said okay let me put a book out there it's easier to distribute so um with the content that would have been in the in the flashcard mm. but let me put it in a book you know mm. in a way that people can see assess it and see get what they want so like mm. so the, that went out that was in back in 2019 november 2019 that i i, I released that and um, but also for the kids because at the end of the day i think we wouldn't have this issue if if we had um gotten the kids earlier so yeah. um so even like some some of the books that i'm currently working on um is also specifically for the younger um the younger audience mm. but but of course um ad, uh, adults can use that as well like i of also course. you know I, I it's it's also written there yeah so um again that this mm. is just this thing with what like i was saying before like try to uh, make use of pop culture beat i do movies beat i do uh, songs you know um don't zone out um Get the, the materials that you that are out there, like the ones that you can you you can get your hand on. Um, if you ever visit Benin City, so like one of my students shared a lot of um, books with us that when she was in Benin City and okay. that she had gotten, and so and then I shared that also with the others in my in my in the, my, my WhatsApp group and yeah, so we we're just like you know, like helping each other. Yeah, no, that sounds really interesting. And your course and the way you have mapped it out sounds sounds amazing, you know, and I'm glad you put in that much thought and that much work into it um, because I'm sure it will be, it's such a great asset for anyone who joins the course. So I guess I am now curious because you've talked about the books but is there anything what's next for Steffi you know with the with the course with the books is there anything else in the horizon that we should be looking forward to sure sure a lot a lot um um definitely like right now because my course is I teach in person right okay though virtual right but then it's in real time Mm. and um so the other like the something else I'm working on is, is to make this course available, um, independent of my presence, right? Meaning like a self a course that you can take it's on your own, yeah. on my website, mm-hmm. like the right? Um, 
So that is one. But then, like, I would, because the content is already there, the structure, everything is there. But this is also one of the reasons that I, I am I am teaching it, like, in real time, mm-hmm. uh, because it's a two-way process, mm-hmm. right? So, like, when I, I teach, I teach this course and then I get feedback, mm-hmm. right? And I... I'm then, and I can easily correct things, right? And I can e- easily, um, I, I like adjust some certain things according to the need. Like we've had, um, uh, some sessions, right? People they see something online and they're like, "Oh, can we do this? Mm-hmm. Can we look at this?" Or, or somebody sent me like a song that she her her father used to sing to her mm-hmm. as a baby. I'm like, oh, you, can we do this in class? Like lyrics, those songs. I'm like, okay, let's you know, let's see how we can incorporate that, right? So. Um, these have all been very uh, valuable um, mm-hmm. that I can also, that I'm definitely going to add to this other course, but it's going to be structured in a little bit differently because it's maybe like in, in smaller uh, pieces that you can easily digest. Yeah, so very like self-paced, an hour, basically. An hour, an hour, yes. So, but then you you can you, you can take it whenever you want, mm-hmm. whether you're on the subway, you are, you know, you're going, you know, you can take it whenever. Yeah, pretty whenever much like how other languages, right. because you find a lot of languages like that. So where they, people just buy either, mm-hmm. well, back in the day to be cassettes and CDs, but people people just buy yeah. a course, Italian course, buy a German mm-hmm. course, buy a Russian course, and they, they yeah. learn it without yes. having the person who mm-hmm. created it sitting in front of them. But is there sort of, sort of any mm-hmm. support? Um, so if anyone wants to buy those standalone courses uh, that are self-paced, mm-hmm would they have any recourse to maybe come back to you and so you can get some sort of feedback from how they're getting on or is that something that is totally out of the question with that this so um these are things um that are like how do i say like of course i can't give everything away here and also um how do i say like I, i'm not putting guarantee like when i say something here because because depending on my yeah, yeah, my course, my my uh, situation right so if i'm pregnant it's 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 gonna be like my schedule will be, like things will be different right okay. so um um yeah like but definitely like with my even with my current class right so um i had discussed with them i also asked them also i said okay maybe uh, we should have like a conversational class like every once a week mm-hmm. so people can just dial in oh yeah right? okay. you book it and you you, you right. enter and then you can ask like office it, hours. It's more about conversation. Mm. It's not me teaching. Yeah. So, um, well, that it could be office hours, but also I wanted to do conversation. Like it's just, it's just um, a session I offer every week, and you come in to practice what you've learned. So we 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 have a topic. Maybe we, you come in and we are talking about um, words of endearment that day, right? In Edo, and um, so we're talking about words of endearment, and then. Um, the following week we're talking about festivities so and then the the topic is going to like everyone will be able to contribute to that topic but then at the same time you're practicing at the same time you're practicing mm-hmm. the the um uh, applying the knowledge that you've learned in the self-paced course that you're taking right or okay. the ones that are that are there also that have taken the other course that i have taught um in real time mm-hmm. yeah so i i wanted to create um um, something like that uh, for for my students, okay. right? So um, the thing I think one of the ch- the main challenges for me is basically just um, capacity in this, like time wise, right? Because I I have a lot of things that I juggle, um, and then 
still remaining because I value, uh, I personally, I value, uh, I think my mental health is being thrown around a lot, but I, I don't want to play that in the sense of just uh, my emotional health. Like I, I am not somebody that, that I wants to overwork myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I do this because it's fun for me mm-hmm. and it has remained fun all this while. Mm-hmm. Also because I know how to manage it. I know when to to step back and go on the back mm-hmm. end. <laughs> Sometimes mm-hmm. like maybe I don't post for like a month, right? But then I'm just focusing on my students, but I'm still teaching, but mm-hmm. I'm just not on social media mm-hmm. because that's what I need at that very moment. But going forward though, I, I definitely... Uh, I, I want to like, a team is not an issue, like I, to do administrative work and so on, mm-hmm. you know, but I think one of the challenges for me is like to find somebody else that has this, like that is in a sense of not, it's in the same, the same maybe vicinity with me or at least in the same country with me mm-hmm. that we could easily also, if, if possible, like, or if necessary, we could meet in person and just like work on things together mm-hmm. And or maybe this person can also teach some odd some of my classes, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And not just me teaching everything, right? That is. No, the, that I, is, I um, do think yeah, I yeah, do yeah. think, uh, and this is just me talking, wearing my think tank think tank mm-hmm. uh, hat on. Um, I do think mm-hmm. doing your um, self paced course will really help with that, because that mm-hmm. is one issue that most entrepreneurs experience, which is b- they don't want to burn out they are they themselves have finite energy so they don't they don't want to <laughs> they don't want to expend it even though it's something that's fun when you expend mm-hmm. when when you give so much and you begin to burn out you get to that place of burnout where you are just operating mm-hmm. on fumes then it's no longer that much fun <laughs> so you then start looking Absolutely. at um, situations where, and before you know it, you're trying to avoid it and all that. So I love the way you're approaching it in the sense that you already begin to think way ahead of time and trying to see, okay, how can I manage my energy so I can give the best, you know, because that's what is at the end of the day, you have, you feel called to do what you're doing, I'm guessing, and you want to do a good job. So, and to be able to keep you at that optimum, um, height or, you know, that you are operating at the moment, then you need your energy. You need to have creative um, capacity in your mind as well. And I think the self-paced course will definitely help with that. I think with self-paced courses, the main work is in the beginning because you have to try and put in as much as and pace it as much as, and try and think ahead and say, okay, if the person who is listening to you and trying to put yourself in the shoes of the person you are going to be teaching. uh, But I think that will really help because your self-paced course will be able to reach thousands of people without you having to divide yourself and then it, all you then maybe be committing to maybe it will be a group coaching type um call which is once a week or sometimes some people even do once a month so i i do think you yeah. know you started out perfectly because you have listened to the people your people your customers you listen to your clients you know what they want and you're walking and uh, and you're working with that you know, so, um, mm-hmm. I think you're doing an amazing job. I've enjoyed talking to you today cause I've learned so much. Um, I, you know, and I'm sure that a, a couple of people listening to this, not only would they, if they have some, because some people think they don't have anything to offer. You know what I mean by that is they mm-hmm. feel like, Oh, you know, I'm just a, um, communications person you know i i'm just this nine to five person and that's all i have to offer but but something as 
almost niche because what you are doing is really, really niche in the sense that you are teaching a course um, on a language that is not one of the major world languages. You would expect that probably you wouldn't even do well. But I mean, I was listening to you. I was listening to one of your videos yesterday and you were saying that you only had a couple of spaces left and you had at least, you had quite a number of people who had signed up already. Just goes to show that don't look down on anything that you actually have in your hands, you know, um, because you never know what that can snowball to be, you know. So do you have any last words or any sort of encouragement you can give to our listeners? These are women that are wanting to be the very best that it can be. They have multiple passions and are probably doing multiple things. They don't want to be tied down by stereotypical expectations. They want to break free and be the, you know, be the best version of themselves. So what would you say, Steffi? I know know I'm kind of putting you on the spot, but do you have any sort of uh, (laughs) last words you would offer to our listeners? I would say start where you are like and with what you have most of the time like we already like we already have this intuition right sometimes like also the fear of um maybe not just the fear of failure but also the fear of success because you're like oh what am i what if it works Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) how am i going to handle Mm -hmm. that right Mm -hmm. um but coming back to starting where you are really because sometimes you wouldn't um we and this is coming from someone who is a kind of overthink i wouldn't say like i'm a perfectionist but i i kind of think everything through and then it's like then that's that's um it kind of paralyzes you analysis paralysis yes yes try to avoid that um there is a saying in it it says Uh, you have to look at like a wrestling like there are some certain things that are lost in translation so i have to explain it this way so is to wrestle yeah, with someone else, right? When two men are in this thing, or women, I don't know, they are wrestling. Mm-hmm. So the like usually there is a circle around it, a small one. But when you start wrestling, so, some of them are like they are going out of that circle, right? So so otove is like the the floor or the ground is widening. So the more you are in that, like the the space you have is widening up. So it's just to say that um, once you get into it, it's like um, you're getting close to the tuner. So you are seeing clearer like you mm-hmm. the opportunities are are opening up don't try to do everything on your own in, in, you are not alone i, I would like to like yeah, you're not alone um um in some certain things that you'll be thinking like if if you just reach out mm-hmm. or put it out there talk to somebody about it and say oh this is something like i i am keen on doing uh, that i'm planning on doing and try to get um see how that goes like see if what feedback comes from that but still still though because we know like people can try to put you off on from what you you're doing like based on their own uh world view as well so you, you have to be solid in your view in, in your own position mm-hmm. as well but the thing is still start with what you have right and it might not be everything yet right but like it might not it might not be like the way you envision it to be like where you want to go but the little thing you have yet put it put it down put it on paper put it out there and then a lot of things is driven by demand your your audience will sometimes tell you they will sometimes show you the way right the the other things of like now being nitty-gritty um, other things that I would say, though, like uh, from a business pers- perspective is like 
Yes, starting where you are with the resources, right? But then also be um, as professional as possible in the sense of, for instance, like when I look at Edo Language Institute, I was in my dorm, right? I'm just being candid here. I was in my dorm, right? But I, when I, I thought long and I said, how do I name this thing? So, so the vision, have a vision in the sense of, I knew what I wanted. Like I had a vision of, I want this thing to be, to be an institute later on. I might not be there yet, but that is where I'm going. Mm. So that was a choice of the name. Mm. So be be aware of that um, on branding now, right? Maybe it's also because of my background in school, like the kind of things that I did in school. You know, like I chose a certain color, like our our brand color, like color for Edo language, being this uh, this tone of purple and yellow. That was not by mistake. That was by choice. Mm. So do those things uh, like in the sense of that, that reflects the kind of vision you have, but then with the action packed part, do that with what you have mm. right now. Mm. Right. So that's, that's what I would, I would say. And also do it in the way, the way you are. There's one thing I haven't also said, like people like may look at me or look at other languages institute that I'm just teaching the language. I'm just teaching, you know, grammar, but in the background, like uh, one thing that I enjoy a lot is also the relationship that that uh, ensues from this. But it's also because of the way that I am. So like when I people reach out to me, they say, oh, my my wife is pregnant and uh, I need a name. I'm not just dealing with my 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 audience from a business perspective, but also from heart to heart. So it's me doing it my way, the way that I would speak to my friends, mm. you know, to my loved ones as well. You know, uh, people, someone like uh, today, I just responded to also to somebody. Uh, it was one of my last posts that I made uh, on uh, on Instagram. It was a name and I don't name. And then the person reached out and said, you know what? I am so, so happy you posted this. Because when I was growing up, I used to have this argument with my, with my sister, my elder sister. And I was telling her that, it is so and so the way you said it in this thing now, right? And then you explain it. You you gave um, a proof, evidence for it now, yeah. And I feel so good to be finally vindicated, like this confirmation after so many years. Mm. And this is someone he must be in his thirties, mm. and to send that voice message. Like mm. sometimes I wake up in the morning, I have voice, but it's different things that I can't share yet. Mm-hmm. But so it's not just about teaching language mm. on. Um, just grammar and all those things, but it's it's maintaining relationship with people, meeting people where they are, bringing them back home to their heart, mm. right? So, um, and that is part of me doing it the way that I am. Yeah, no, honestly, so, you've touched on things that are very dear to my heart personally. I don't think that business or our life's work is just about us or just about money. I think it's about connection. I think it's about making a difference in the lives of those that you come in contact with. However, and so you you are using the currency of teaching a language, but you are touching the hearts and the lives of people. And that to me is what it's all about. At the end of the day, <laughs> that is what it's all about. The fact that in one small way, you're able to change a life, you know, you are a- or you're able to enri- enrich a life. That to me is worth millions. 
and it's not something you can quantify in monetary terms. So once again, I want to celebrate you and I want to thank you for taking time out to come on the show. And I, I, I have been enriched just listening to you. So I'm sure that those who listen will be enriched as well. And just as a final bit of information where can people find you you've mentioned instagram you mentioned youtube and i will link all those in the show notes so where can they find you yeah so um where it all started youtube so edo language institute um i'm there um instagram also edo language institute uh, Facebook as well, the same name. I, I mean, I'm on Twitter. I'm, I'm, I'm not that active on Twitter, but if you send me a message there, I would see it. But I, um, Twitter has been on the background or on the back burner for a while. But um, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, by email, like my emails are also on those uh, on the, all those platforms as well. So like you can reach out to me through email, by my DM and so on. And also my website. So you can go on my website, edolanguageinstitute.com. Um, I do yeah, have to so say that you were very, very smart. The choosing that name was very smart because I only had to put in, I don't, I, I can't remember what the keyword I put in on uh, YouTube was and your details came up. And that was because you branded your name accordingly. I love what you said about um, having a vision, but you know, in my words anyways, having a vision, but still stepping into the arena and doing the work. So having a vision means that you think far ahead and you kind of have an idea. You don't have to have the full picture, but you just have to have an idea of where you want to go and then apply yourself. And I'm, 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 I'm glad to see that that's exactly what you did. So well done again and huge congratulations for everything that you're doing. I celebrate you and everything that you stand for. And thank you so much for coming on thank the show. You so thank you so, so much. And thank you for providing this platform. I mean, you're doing a great great work really um so i'm really really i feel really honored uh, to have been here so thank you and to thank you to everyone um listening as well so i hope you're, you've been able to take one or two things um away from here and uh, yeah i'm looking forward to i, I think I, at least i'm looking forward to to uh hearing from from you so get in touch get in touch with me um yeah I, i'll be glad oh thank you yeah thank you You, my friend, are a total rock legend for listening to this episode to the end. I hope you found value in it. And if you did, would you do me a quick favor? Would you rate and review this podcast on the platform you're listening? And if the platform you're listening doesn't have the facility to rate and review, then please share the episode with your friends and your loved ones. It would go such a long way in helping spread the word of this podcast. And until next time, remember you're a unique, remarkably created person with a God-given purpose and unlimited potential. The question is, what are you going to do about it? That nothing will become of me, that I'll never come to anything but I, right. You couldn't see what I see.